Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Football, energy drinks, beer, more football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Welcome back to Bink at Night, Jay Binkley. Nolan Brooks here with you as well. 913-576-7610 is the phone number. Text line 913-576-7610. Well, the coaching decision has been made by the Saints. It was, uh, I think there was a lot of people hoping it was Eric Bieniemy, obviously, because he's applied with everybody. What, 14 teams in the National Football League at this point? It always comes up that, uh, well, he's wasted his time. Spent eight hours interviewing with the Saints yesterday. Guy was born in New Orleans, um, lived there till about 10, moved to California, played high school uh, football out there, goes to Colorado, whatever, but he's originally from the area down there. So, and they were talking about wanting somebody to understand the culture. No, no whatever, man. You think LSU gave a rat's ass that Brian Kelly was a Yankee from New England? You think they cared with him and his fake accent at the game? No, just win games. It's one of most games without a national title. Win games at LSU. He doesn't care if you know the culture of Louisiana. You'll get to know it. Just have some crawfish. You'll be good. Shrimp etouffee. Give you a po' boy. Whatever. No, it's about winning football games. It's about finding the right guy, the right recipe to win football games. I'm tired of this whole... You know, they know the area. And, uh, come on, man. Can you win football games or not? And it comes down to everybody. Eric Bieniemy knows how to win football games. It, 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 it's a damn shame he keeps interviewing and not getting head coaching jobs because it feels like the song and dance over and over. Andy Reid even thought he would get one uh, this year. At some point, he'd get another – he'd get a head coaching job in the NFL. That's what he thought, but didn't didn't happen that way. Uh, the Raiders go offensive mind with Josh McDaniels uh, from the Patriots, which, remember, Josh was in Denver – was bad, got ran, goes back to New England, tail between his leg, rides Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's coattails, gets another head coaching job in the NFL after spurning the Colts, where he accepted their job, they're ready to introduce him. He didn't take the job. Screwed over them. Don't like Josh McDaniels. Jags, Doug Peterson, of course, was here in Kansas City. Dougie P's a good dude. Won a Super Bowl, fired in Philadelphia, but again, offensive mind. The Broncos, AFC West again. Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator, Packers with Denver. Can he lure Aaron Rodgers away from the Packers in jeopardy? It's still to be determined. Vikings, Kevin O'Connell, Rams offensive coordinator. Again, offensive mind. He'll be in the Super Bowl. Sean McVay calls the plays. And one, one thing interesting about the Rams is McVay will let – like here's the inexperience of Kevin O'Connell as far as calling plays. Like Sean McVay – um, in the preseason, we'll let the guys kind of call plays. 
his coordinators and stuff, and it's back to him during the regular season. So he flirted with that, him doing that. that that's the experience of Kevin O'Connell. So <laughs> that's, it, that's his experience. Sean McVay let him call games in a preseason. That's the experience he got a head coaching job with the Minnesota Vikings. The Bears go Matt Everflus, defensive coordinator of the Colts. Again, going defense to try to fix Justin Fields, Dolphins, Mike McDaniel. Um, 49ers offensive coordinator has been everywhere, Shanahan. It's like everywhere. Every stop Kyle's been, he's gone with him. The Giants with Brian Dable, offensive mind with the Bills. Lovey Smith with the Texans. That was kind of a surprise. It kind of broke last night. He was already there. So Lovey Smith, you know, staying there. Then Dennis Allen staying with the Saints. Again, I don't think the Texans know what they're doing. No offense to Lovey Smith. No offense. No offense to the Saints and Dennis Allen. But do you guys know what direction you're going? Like, you, you're gonna be, you want to be good or do you want to go with this offense is where people are going? Offense, 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 and you're going defense. You know, look at the Super Bowl. It's about offense with the Super Bowl right now. You know, the Buccaneers, that offense, they had a good defense to go with it, but it's about Tom Brady and that offense. Year before, Patrick Mahomes offense, the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what was winning it. But it's interesting because most of the teams are going offensive minds. There are a few others out here. It's like Denver when they went Vic Fangio. Didn't make a ton of sense. But uh, Mike Florio was on with Carrington Harrison earlier today. And this is before the Eric Bieniemy news came out. And we don't know if Eric Bieniemy's coming back to Chiefs. It's assumed he's coming back here. But I don't know. I don't know if they're going to look in another direction. Mike Kafka's already gone. You know, they're going to they're gonna try something different off offense. They already run as far as they could go with EB. We still don't 100% know what they're doing with Eric Bieniemy. But this was Mike Florio. This before the news of New Orleans broke that he's not the head coach. Well, he had his interview over the weekend, and he's facing an uphill climb in New Orleans because Dennis Allen has been there since 2015 as a defensive coordinator. He coached the team for a Sunday night game against the Buccaneers, shut them out because Sean Payton was unavailable due to COVID protocols. And Mickey Loomis, the GM of the team, getting toward the end of his run, if you make Dennis Allen the successor to Sean Payton, you have more continuity in your coaching staff, more likely than not. So Eric Benning at least got an opportunity, and we'll see if he did enough during the interview to finally get that chance. But, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work on this. You hear people try to say that the enemy's not a, a good interview. I've heard he's a great interview. It's just a question of when the time comes to make that projection, the guy who's been a coordinator is going to become a coach, the fundamentally different job. Is he ready to make that jump? And no one's been ready to pull that trigger. I was surprised he didn't get greater consideration in Minnesota because he was actually in Minnesota for five years, from 2006 through 2010, as running backs coach and eventually assistant head coach. I don't even think he was interviewed by the Vikings. He may have had a Zoom interview. It's hard to keep all the names straight once we get into this cycle. But, you know, there's this sense every year his ship is going to come in, but he continues to kind of wait at the dock to see if it ever arrives. See, it's what I want to get out there, the fact that he is a good interview. Because everybody says, oh, he's a terrible interviewer and all that. But it's, it, I find it hard to believe because he's like, <laughs> whenever he's talking every week as the offensive coordinator, he's fun. He's always lively. He's, people, he's always having a quote. He's just... He's, at practices, he's the guy you hear. Like, he's the guy you hear. But I, you know, <laughs> okay, there's Florio saying, I've heard he actually interviews well. Well, must not interview that well because he's ran the gamut now with head coaching opportunities. And you just wonder, like, you wonder, like, what a person is made of. And we'll find it out there at the enemy. Because when you keep getting turned down for things, you start getting pissed if you're not already pissed. 
that the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Jags, Chargers, Broncos, Saints, Falcons, Lions, Jets, Texans, Browns, Giants, Panthers, Bucks, Eagles, all have turned him down. You start like questioning yourself. Will you ever get it? You got a coach like Andy Reid that, heck, 25% of this league is Andy Reid or his disciples that have had coaching jobs. And here's the guy that doesn't. So what's your mindset? What do you want to do? Like a lot of times people go to work because they want to get promoted. Or they, they take a job because they see, you know, brighter future. And they want to keep moving up the ladder, keep moving up the chain. Don't stay on the treadmill, stay on the track. Actually go somewhere and I just, uh, you know, straight across. Or just not going anywhere. But they want to keep going forward. So, like, what's the justification? Is it going to four straight AFC titles? Done that. Is it winning a Super Bowl? Done that. Gone to another one, gone to two in the last four years. I mean, you've done all this stuff. Like, you start wondering, like, deep down, what do I need to do? What do I need to do if I'm going to take that next step to become one of 32 you know, positions in the NFL and get that head coaching job. But I'm curious, though, because the Chiefs have decisions themselves. You know, stay with EB. You're still going to get positive. You know, let me go out there and prove them wrong, EB, because I think he and Andy Reid did a great job this year making the adjustment back to some of the adjustments defenses are making against the Kansas City Chiefs. But you want that EB. You want the guy that's searching for that head coaching job, not the one that's deflated like, am I ever going to get a job? That's one that won't help. The one that's hungry, that, hey, I'm, I'm going to come out here, prove what I can do for the Kansas City Chiefs, finish top three in offense, top three in scoring, and do things, and I'm going to get a head coaching job and just not give up. He doesn't seem like that. He doesn't seem like the type that would just give up and just be like, I mean, there was nine coaching openings this year. He didn't get one of them. You know, it came down to the Saints. That's it. Like, you're hoping <laughs> the guy with all that promise that's always the guy that's uplifting to the other players is not the one that needs uplifted himself because he's not getting these opportunities. But, you know, he, eventually you start getting pissed. He had two interviews this coaching cycle, Denver, New Orleans. You know, he didn't get them. But what, what Eric Bieniemy are you going to get? And I've heard so many people saying, well, they need to go a different direction. Then my question is, who? Who do you want? Because right now Andy Reid calls the plays. And he's just fine at it. Yeah, defenses have changed around a bit, and he's trying to figure out a way to combat that. But I will say, the Chiefs were still number one in the NFL in points per drive this year. Number one. The Chiefs averaged 28.2 points a game this year. 2019, when they won the Super Bowl, 28.2 points a game. Exact same number. Not only that, they scored 42 on the Bills. Never in the history of the NFL has a team put up 40 points or more on the number one defense in the NFL. Chiefs not only put up 42 points on the Bills, that was the number one DVOA defense, number one defense in total yards, number one scoring defense. And the Chiefs put up 552 yards on the Bills. So it's hard for me to say that, you know, it's just about the offense's fault. And But, but yeah, you look at that Bengals game, it's so hard to understand. I mean, that first half of the Chiefs game went just like that Bills game. I mean, just boom, 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 touchdown, 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 get down to the one, and then all of a sudden the collapse starts. Like, I can't figure it out because this team is rocking and rolling in the postseason when they put up all those points, uh, the 42 points against the Buffalo Bills. When you do that kind of stuff to the number one defense in the NFL and you drive down with 13 seconds to tie up the number one defense in the NFL, like, I don't think really people talked about that enough nationally. They didn't. And I know the Chiefs' defense didn't look good, but you know what? They didn't have the promise of the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills' defense was the best unit on that football field. Special teams, offense, or defense, Buffalo Bills' defense was the only one that was number one out of that group. But the Chiefs put up 552 yards on them. 
scored 42 points. Again, the only team ever in the history of the postseason to score at least 40 or more on a number one defense in the National Football League. I don't know what happened the second half of Cincinnati. That's what makes watching these uh, highlights so tough on the NFL Network. You know, without flipping the remote or flipping off your TV, it's hard to get over. Again, this could be a torturous week for Chiefs fans. I get it, man. I get it. Now, I don't know what you're going to do for who you're going to pick. You want the Rams to win? There's a lot of ill will towards the Rams in this state. I get it. Not the people care about what goes on in St. Louis. They really don't care. But anyway, they're gone. They're back in L.A. You know, they go back to L.A. The Bengals are a team that beat the Chiefs that, all right, you keep them down. But are the Bengals going to be a threat? I mean, that's the one thing. Are they still going to be a threat? I think Burrow does make them a threat. I know the team are going to come after that guy, but he seems to have the stomach uh, to be able to handle it. But regardless, it's an interesting uh, coaching cycle in the National Football League. Coming up next, some free agent wide receivers and what it would cost the Kansas City Chiefs next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. And welcome back to Big at Night. Jay Bakley, Dylan Brooks. You, if you want to call in, 913-576-7610. Text line 913-576-7610, the same number. Wide receivers, what are you doing? Because I think the Chiefs, when you look at the draft, they got a first rounder, second rounder, third rounder, two third rounders, because he lost Ryan Poles to the Bears as GM. So two third rounders and a fourth. No fifth, no sixth, three sevenths. So, again... Your tangible stuff are going to be first, second, two thirds, and a fourth. It's like five picks, like five five picks in the top four rounds to uh, do some damage with, and you can't. But again, you get an elite, get an elite pass rusher picking thirtieth. No, can you still get an elite level wide receiver? Yeah, you know I hear people talking about Valdez Scantlin as a wide receiver. You know, here's a guy picked in the fifth round. You know the NFL's filled with wide receivers, third, fourth, fifth round that are stars, and there's a lot of first rounders as well. It's been both. I mean, Antonio Brown was, what, a fifth-rounder as well. So it happens. You get elite-level wide receivers drafted in the later rounds. But which direction are you going? Because I think the Chiefs will do that. 
Because I don't think you can get everything they want just through the draft. The window's still wide open for the Chiefs. You still got you still got type Travis Kelsey for a couple more years. You did have another thousand yard season, six straight one thousand yard years. You got Tyreek Hill still in his prime. The hero's still going up for Tyreek Hill. And you got Patrick Mahomes. You know, 26 years old. You got this offensive line that's going to be together for the next four years, probably, depending on Orlando Brown. If they tag him or sign an extension, which I expect uh, one or the other to happen with him. But you're going to draft them? She's going to go through the draft for wide receiver. I think they're going to do one or the other. Like, if it's not through the draft for the wide receiver, it'll be edge rushing that type through free agency. Which direction um, would you go? Um, here's what Mike Florio said again earlier with uh, Carrington Harrison. We joined him about 4.15 the day. Would you sign a wide receiver or would you draft one? I'm a big fan of drafting the the receivers that are out there. That's one of the things that has been a very convenient byproduct of this proliferation of great young quarterbacks, all the work that they do, all the seven-on-seven seven seven camps that are happening in high school and college. Well, somebody's catching all those passes, and receivers are developing faster than ever before. The rookie wage scale makes it cheaper to roll the dice on young receivers. And, you know, when, when you look at what, Brett Beach has done uh, and what the team has done, I think the better approach is to maybe pick up a couple of young receivers and hope that you can develop somebody into that that complement that they've been looking for, that high-end number two. Uh, unless, they just, unless they just decide, you know, we tried this guy and this guy and this guy, and Nicole Hardman hasn't become the guy that we needed him to be, and, yeah, we're going to spend the money. But I think from a dollar-for-dollar dollar standpoint, and when you consider youth and – Lack of injuries, and you know the fact that you know you'll be you'll have the guy for four years at a, at a reasonable salary. I think it makes sense to take a long, hard look at the available players coming out in the draft. You know, I, I, there's Mike Florio, but I, I like uh, drafting him as well. Yeah, you know, can you get the diamond in the rough, or not diamond in the rough, but a guy that comes in and makes a difference for the team? Yeah, look at look at the Rams. Are they there without Odell Beckham? I doubt. He's got 37 catches, 36 touchdowns in just the 10 weeks he was a Ram. It made a difference for them. A big difference because they need another wide receiver with injuries and everything. Needed him to there, especially with Robert Woods and everything. They needed, they needed OBJ, and they got him. Now the Chiefs can't always do that. Can't always get somebody to come in and you get the same production from them once they've hit that you know, that big contract year. But I do like a lot of these young receivers. I mean, here's uh, Pro Football Focus. There again, I heard Cody Gold talk about these earlier today. I thought it was interesting. Chris Godwin's coming off an injury. Like, do you take the risk or not with Godwin? I I would pass. Four years, $70 million is what uh, Pro Football Focus say, and 17.5 per year. Mike Williams is interesting because he's six foot four. Again, the Chiefs looking for that X receiver. Tyreek Hill's playing at Z. Travis Kelsey, basically your Y. The tough physical X, like Sammy Watkins. I know some people are talking about bringing Watkins back. Now that ship sailed. But a player like that, yes. Allen Robinson, you're looking at about three years, $48 million, $16 million per. Michael Gallup, four years, $55 million. OBJ would probably be in the category of one year, 14 mil. You want to take that risk with OBJ. Juju, they have for one year and eight million. I question this year on Pro Football Focus, though, because wouldn't at this point Juju want a long-term deal? Because he's played a one-year deal this year in Pittsburgh. Like, would he be, I mean, why would he want to do this again before he gets himself into Darrell Rivas territory with one-year contracts? Well, I mean, he's he's definitely good enough to get another long-term deal. Maybe not a gigantic payout, I would say, but... I think if you could find a role for him, I think he could fit well in Kansas City. I mean, it wouldn't be a 
gigantic role considering you have Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey above you on the list of who touches the ball first out of after Mahomes throws it. But I mean, McCall Hardman and Byron Pringle seem to be okay in their role. And I don't see why Juju would not want to be in that role either. And I like Juju. And I, I liked him last year. I was really hoping the Chiefs would get him because I thought it was that missing piece that they really needed. Marquez Valdez scaling. They just brought up three years, $25 million, about 8.33 per. Again, bigger, physical guy. Um, fifth rounder, by the way, was Marquez. But do you go that direction or not? Um, the one thing they don't have, and I know some of these guys like Juju's not 6'4 and 6'5. It's much different. But like a guy like Valdez scaling, you know, he's 6'4. Like, I do like that. Juju's much smaller than that, but he plays big. He's the one that laid out uh, Vontez Perfect of the Bengals one year, but Juju goes about 6'1". But he plays that X fine. He's been in a slot. He's done a lot of things with the Steelers. But do you go that direction, or do you trust the draft? Because right now it's Garrett Wilson, probably the best receiver. I mean, that or Jamison Williams. And I've seen Jamison Williams at Alabama that transferred from Ohio State because Ohio State's receiver room was so good. Because... <laughs> Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are coming out of Ohio State, both of them first-rounders. Probably not the best wide receiver at Ohio State right now because that's somebody that's coming back next year. But Jameson Williams, 6'2", again, about 189. Traylon Burks is a guy I like before the season. He's all SEC. He's going to be a big combine guy. But he's 6'3", 225. And if he tests test well, 4'5", 4'5", 4'5", that range, he's first round. Or no... If he goes, if he's beyond that, he could slip into the second, especially four or five in that range. But if he blazes, you know, in the four threes, four fours, he's going higher. But that's one to watch at the combine, I think. But I love that size because that's the one piece the Chiefs don't have. I know Tyree Kill high points a place taller than he is, but a guy that's six three, six four, six five is the one element the Chiefs don't have, except for their tight end, Travis Kelsey. But I'm talking about a wide receiver with the speed and the range. Like that, Chris Olave, he's 6'1", 188. Drake London, USC, 6'5". I do like some Drake London, Joe, uh, Johan Dodson. Smaller guy at 4'11", George Pickens, a little bit bigger, 6'3", 200, out of Georgia. One guy that's really, really climbing is Christian Watson. Played at North Dakota State. Had a huge connection with Trey Lance when he was back there. But you talk about these senior bowl guys that stand up and show out. Fastest guy in the field, they say, up to 21 miles an hour in the field. 6'5", 208 pounds. He's looking like a certifiable second rounder at this point. Again, Chiefs at the end of the second round. You have to manufacture and move up if you want to get like Christian Watson. But again, wide receivers are here for the Chiefs. If that's the direction they want to go. Well, yeah, and I, I think that's why the Chiefs aren't as worried about that area. Because it's like, okay, well, if we need to take care of the offensive line issues, you know, with Orlando Brown or the Tyron Matthew issues, we can do that. But on the back burner, you can look at some of the wide receiver free agents or look at these guys in the draft. And having so many options, I think, is going to ease Brett Veach in them's mind that you can look at these guys. And they're out there waiting for you if you want to go get them. And they would fill that role that you're looking for of that bigger, bulkier wide receiver to make those middle-of-the-field catches that maybe Tyree Kill doesn't always want to do or Travis Kelsey doesn't always want to do take some pressure off of them, it's out there, and it's a very viable option. No question. I mean, there's guys out there like Christian Kirk, according to Pro Football Focus, he's about three years, 11.6 per. I like him, though. I like that skill set. Um, that's Christian Kirk. DJ Chark, uh, three years, about 13.3 average. Will Fuller, 
Uh, one year, $10 million is what they think with him. Sammy Watkins, they're saying, could be two years, $6 million average. But at Sammy's age and the injury history, you even touch that? No, I wouldn't touch that either. I like a skill set. I like what he could bring to the table, but I would not mess with Sammy Watkins. Coming up next, will this story ever stop or will it be will it happen for us so we can all enjoy it? Discuss that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Big Night, Jay Binkley, Nolan Brooks producing the operation. So here's what uh, Jeff Duncan, he covers the uh, New Orleans Saints from the Times-Picayune, NOLA.com. He says that uh, Saints GM Mickey Loomis establishing two criteria in his coaching search. Because again, Eric Bieniemy didn't get the head coaching job, Dennis Allen did. Number one, familiarity with the Saints culture. Well, Dennis Allen does have that because he's been an assistant coach there for a long time. Very long time. Number two, head coaching experience. (laughs) Dennis Allen, the only candidate among the six interviewees with the job to meet criteria for both. Really? He was 4-12, 4-12, 0-4 before he was 5. (laughs) 8-28. Is that something you really, really desperately need that he was a bad head coach? Because he was real bad. Two four and twelves followed by an 0 and four fire. Is that really what you want? But that's what the Saints got. So again, defensive side of the ball guy. We'll see how that uh, team operates. They've got a lot of work to do. But the uh, the other thing too is and something that's been going on for quite a while. No, this whole Tyreek Hill challenging Usain Bolt. It's happened before. Tyreek's mentioned it, you know, and Bolt's even talked about him when he's done, you know, Dan Patrick show or you name it. But Usain Bolt. I do believe is what, 36 years old now? He's starting to get up there, and he didn't compete on the world stage anymore. He's 35 years old. All right, so this August, he turns 36. But was able to hold on to the, the title of world's fastest man, seemingly forever. Nobody could beat a St. Bolt. Eight gold medals in the Olympic Games. This guy went all the way back from Beijing, the 100, 200, London, 100-200. Rio de Janeiro, 100-200. It's amazing how many medals this guy's won. But again, if you haven't really competed seriously since 2016, we're five years away from that. Tyreek Hill has to train every day as a pro athlete. And I'm not counting what happened in the fastest man contest. He was three days off of playing. He's wearing sweats. He tripped off the line. He was laughing the whole way. He didn't care. Again, Michael Parsons even knew it afterwards. I don't think Tyreek just played. I don't think he even he didn't care. They didn't pull a hammy. But anyway, Tyreek was at the uh, All-Star Game Skills Competition as well. And this is why that whole Usain Bolt thing uh, just won't stop this Tyreek Hill with uh, Laura, Rud- L- R- Laura Rutledge on ESPN. Thanks so much, John. As you can tell, Tyreek's having the time of his life out here. He's dancing. He's enjoying the week in Vegas. To let you get it right now. We got to talk about the fact that you lost to a linebacker, Micah Parsons. You're supposed to be really, really fast, and Micah is incredible. But what happened there? Come on, baby. I'm a cheater, baby. Cheaters don't lose the Lions. You know, I, I just feel like I just feel like I don't want to show the world. I, I don't want to show the world what I really got. You know, because I'm saving it all for Usain Bolt. So really, it's like a, it's like a, I'm baiting Usain Bolt into coming out of retirement to race me. You know what I'm saying? 
You saying you you hear that? You saying both? Is that a challenge? You want to race? Challenge. That is a challenge. All right, so let's set a date for that race. Does that sound good? We should set a date for that race here in Las Vegas. See, I think Laura thought she was splitting the atom there because they've already talked about this. It's not the first time he's brought up Bolt. And the thing about Usain Bolt is he did tweet out a picture of Tyree Kill in last place in the fastest man, circled, you mean this guy. Again, a nice back and forth to Bolt and Tyree Kill going after each other. But I actually was looking forward to the fastest man because I wanted to see it. But then I thought about, okay, it's a little bit cooler there. They're all in sweatshirts and hoodies. It's cool for Vegas. I think it was in the 50s and all. And I think we'd call that a heat wave here in Kansas City. But regardless, stumbled out of the block, was laughing the whole way down. Is there any question in your mind right now? Because Father Time's going to catch up with him, man. But right now, with his legs, and I know Usain's coming in with a lot bigger uh, wings. But what's Usain Bolt? He's, uh, how tall does he go? I don't know. He's definitely taller than uh, Tyreek Hill. He's 6'5". So he's got those long legs. Again, long strider. you got to get out short. But at 40, can you beat him? Because Usain's good in 100 and 200. He's going to stride it out. But in short distance, does he stand a chance? I think he would. I think Tyreek would. Oh, yeah. I think Tyreek definitely stands a chance. I mean, why would you even consider it if you didn't think that Tyreek would give you a competition, right? I mean, Usain's not stupid. I mean... You put a gold medal on the line. I think I saw that earlier was that they put one of his his Olympic gold medals on the line. Hey, if you beat me, I'll give you this gold medal. That'll be your prize for beating me. So, I mean, hey, if he wants to do it. But does he want a Super Bowl ring in return? Like, he might. He like might. That would That'd be, be too one much. heck that would, of a that, that would be too much. Yeah, a Super Bowl ring I, for I a gold medal. <laughs> How about they just do it for, uh, they do it out in Vegas or whatever. Get a charity. People pay. Give each of them thirty grand to do it. Maybe or fifty grand. I don't know what it's going to take to do it, but I'm sure they do it for fifty grand or hundred grand. I don't care what it costs because I know people probably buy into it. Well, they they could Hell, make Fox it puts be on like, racing animals. Well, yeah, I mean, or they could make it like uh, the match with Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson and uh, Burks Kepka and all them. Make it something like that where like they're racing for money for charity, you know, and the winner has to donate so much money or or the loser has to donate X amount of money to the winner's charity and vice versa. Make it something fun like that, and then if you really want to exchange the Olympic gold medal at the end of the day, then, I mean, I guess go for it. But, again, who knows what Usain wants in return. Well, I'd stay away from that. He's got eight, you know, and Tyreek's got the one Super Bowl ring. So I think that uh, Usain's got, what, seven others. So I think he's fine in the gold medal department. But, again, I think it's dangerous because for Bolt, because a lot of times you watch his races, someone's there with him. And, again, I mean, it's world-class speed that, that's out there against him. But, you know, striding through 40, because he's going to beat you after that. He's so tall, and whatever, 100, 200, he's going to smoke you. But if you're not training competitively, like chasing a gold medal, far different than training to beat Tyreek Hill in cash. Well, are they running on a track? Is it forty meters on a track, rubber, or is it in grass, like on or on turf, like on a football field? I assume it'd be a track. Because I mean, if it's on grass, then uh, I probably bet on Tyree Kill a little bit more than I would Usain Bolt. I think but. I definitely would either because it's a forty. Again, give a hundred or two hundred, but again, Usain's thirty-five. He hadn't competed competitively really at the Olympic level till two thousand sixteen in Rio. 
that's five years, man. A lot can happen in five years. <laughs> Look at somebody like pre-COVID weight, where they are now. It's much different. A couple years, a couple years on the lamb, you know. Are you out there trading? Tyree trains every day. And again, I'm not putting this past him here in the All-Star game, the NFL Skills Challenge, because why would he go and try to blow a hammy at a uh, skills contest? Like guys are shying away from that ever since Robert Edwards tore it up his knee. With, remember Rising Star with the Patriots tore his knee up in the sand volleyball game at the Pro Bowl? People watched that one, though, skills contest, even though it really, really, really sucked. And they had the uh, other players doing the quarterback stuff, like the Just Jefferson as one of the quarterback guys. Well, that was one of the other cool things that I saw in the skills challenge was they had uh, the dodgeball. I, I watched that part of it. Uh, they, they've been doing that the but, last couple of years, and that's actually really cool. Well, yeah, yeah, and I enjoy that part. You know, it's something different. And then I watched the quarterback competition, the throwing competition, where they try to hit the moving targets and see who gets the most points. But, I mean... Hey, if they if they end up doing a special edition where they have a race between you know non football players and football players as part of it, I mean, I'd tune in for it. But I mean, again, huge question on whether or not that's worth it. Like you said, is it worth Usain Bolt coming out of retirement to race a active NFL player who trains pretty much every day, or is it just a kind of shot in the dark? Like, hey, it's out there if you want it. Yeah, I used to like the like early early '80s man, like the worldwide wide world of sports. It'd be like the Cowboys versus the Royals, like in skills contest. They did this stuff in the quarterback competitions. You watch from like ten years ago, eleven years ago, twelve years ago in the quarterbacks. It's much more than just a couple quarterbacks. It's all of them doing it. You know, it's all of them going out and throwing up you know the skills contest, see what they could do. But everybody's so afraid of injury right now. And I get it. The money's so big, it's like priced out these skill contests. The NHL, I do like their skill contest because I like the fastest skater. I do like the hardest shot. I do like those things. I am, I think they did a great job in Vegas having the skills contest. Again, Las Vegas, a place that nobody wanted to go to. Now you got pro football. You're going to have NBA at some point because I always thought the NBA would be first there, but they weren't. And you're going to have baseball because I think the A's are going to move there and be like the Knights and the, and the Raiders and have the NHL and NFL. But both All-Star games were in Vegas, same time. Like, it's cool to get an All-Star game, and they got two of them at the same time with the NHL and the Pro Bowl, and they're getting the Super Bowl in 2024. So a city that they all wanted to stay away from because it was gambling, <laughs> they just, I mean, NFL's like doing commercials now with Caesars and There's too all much the money brothers. sitting out there in the desert for you to not go out there and do something in Vegas. Well, the NFL does it right because people care more about the players. They know who they are. They knew who they are. They knew, they knew all the quarterbacks. They know the running backs and everything. This is fantasy football and daily fantasy. They know who they are. Baseball, they don't know who they are because nobody plays fantasy. I do like fantasy baseball. I'll be honest with you. I do like playing it. Rotisserie leagues where you set your lineup and it counts for the whole season. You Most home runs and stuff. I don't know if you play fantasy baseball, but. I, to- I've watched people set their lineups for fantasy baseball, but. Uh, that's that's too many lineups to set for me for 162 games. I can't do that. That's too much time. It's actually fun. I've done fantasy just about everything, Nolan. I've done fantasy NASCAR, which is you only use the driver three times. That's it. I've even this is this is this is bad, man. I've even done fantasy bass fishing. 
And I don't know much about it, but you know, you look at the anglers, and if you get them at a certain price, and then the price goes up, you keep them at the lower price. But you find out where they're from and what lakes they're going to fish. Again, this is the degenerate type stuff, man. Like, I will literally do fantasy anything. I've done fantasy NBA, NHL, I've done it, fantasy everything. But there's nothing like football because I always go right back to football because that's the, the end all be all. Speaking of baseball, in the lockout, we already talked about the fact they're not testing for steroids now. They're actually going to play? <laughs> we'll find out. They're going to talk tomorrow. I'll discuss that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back to Big Night. Well, occasionally, when the Chiefs season's done, the last couple of years it's been to the Super Bowl, but it's all eyes on the Kansas City Royals and what they'll be able to do. Fangraphs has them at 74 wins, bottom in the AL Central. That's what they had last year. I think they're not worse. I think they're going to be a better team than they were a season ago, but everybody wants to see Bobby Wood Jr. and what he can do and be on the Royals team. He's not on the 40 right now, so he can show up the 16th. Burns heading down to Arizona for the minor leaguers because they can practice. But anybody on the 40 can't. Like MJ Melendez, Nick Prado, they're on the 40. But will there be baseball? I wasn't worried about this when they locked it out there in early December at all. But the fact that <laughs> the latest, that all of a sudden the owners want a federal mediator and then the union shoots out now, we don't want one, let's hammer it out ourselves. It's like, man, get this deal done. Because back before, you know it's going to happen, though. They never were on the same page and – you know, the owners and players, just two separate areas. And remember 2020, the year of COVID, they didn't start to like July 24th. I always thought the season would start. Then doubt really started creeping on my mind when they couldn't get uh, on the same playing field to say, hey, people want sports. They want to take their attention off something else. Remember we didn't have anything? And you wanted baseball to come back. So you had baseball still every night to watch. And people really wanted it. But the NHL, you know, they did their bubble stuff. NBA did, and then the NFL came out in all 256 games they played. So that was good. But according to Tom Verducci, he says after MLB's latest whiff appears less likely than ever, the regular season will start on time. But again, around the Halloween, Valentine, I guess it can't be the same thing. Valentine's Day the uh, is when pitchers and catchers report. The full squad is like the following week. So there's still time to get this bad boy done Get everybody there. So it could be worried about nothing, but you hope they get on the same page. But Tom Verducci said in Sports Illustrated, Major League Baseball owners reached out to a federal mediator for help uh, this past Thursday 
It was a commentary on more than just two months of fruitless talks with the players in the lockout. It also reflected how the two sides have agreed on virtually nothing over the past three years. Teams have not progressed much since last May. Owners, for instance, told the union, quote, we don't have the votes to ratify any cuts to revenue-sharing funds to to smaller revenue teams. Any change, they said, was a non-starter. The players still are asking to cut those payments. They did drop their ask from $100 million to about $30 million. Likewise, there's been little movement on arbitration eligibility. Uh, another non-starter to owners. Competitive balance tax, postseason format, how to steer additional money to young players. And this is the concerning part. It was thought that the impending first workouts of pitchers and catchers on February 16th would inject urgency. But that has not been the case. Likewise, it's been... Um, a mistake to think that February 28th or thereabout would create the pressure of a deadline. So they've been going at this. Now you don't have the uh, the steroid testing, which I don't think many owners will really care about to be that point. They're supposed to meet uh, tomorrow. Next couple of days they're supposed to meet. But they've met before. But they don't really care about the pitchers and catchers. Deadline. Again, there's time. There's time to get it in. You shave some games off at the end of the season. Some of the spring training, spring training is way too long anyway, even though the players, especially the pitchers, say it's necessary. But, man, does baseball need to come back because it's that handoff. It's that baton handoff because guess what? The NFL, (laughs) ask March Madness what the NFL does. Because when March Madness is going on, illegal tampering in the NFL, the NFL takes center stage, even over that. That's the way it was last year. Everybody's talking about free agency, not basketball. But baseball didn't even have the fan fest. You know, they didn't have those fan fest to go to, which I get it, COVID, everything else was there, but players were locked out, so you couldn't have the fan fest. So you got all these fans that are, you know, itching for something to do and for baseball. And a lot of these owners, you know, paid these minor leaguers through in the COVID times. They wouldn't have fans. It took a little bit to get some of the fans back to the stadiums last year, but people are people are really wanting baseball to come back. So used to it. You go from football straight into baseball season, but if there's no baseball season, then what do you do? Then you're migrating towards another sport. Like baseball's always been behind the eight ball. They need to get the CBA done. I'm all in favor of them switching the postseason format and another team. That doesn't seem like it's going to happen, even though it'd be more revenue to the owners, more playoff games. Fans I think would enjoy it because their team would quote still be in it a little bit longer. And players would obviously get a postseason share if that's what they did. Universal DH, things like this, they're minor deals compared to, you know, some of the revenue sharing and the uh, arbitration eligibility that are the big sticking points in this. But going to the Universal DH, that's something I think will be accepted by owners and players. For one, the players, it gives more opportunities for aging guys like Albert Pujols to be a DH instead of having to play in the field. More job opportunities. Not only that, it keeps. Uh, High-priced pitching talent from not running the base pass in the National League. All the money they're paying these pitchers now, they're not seeing them out there. But I really hope this gets done. I think, honestly, I have that same attitude I did in 2020. Like, when they get together, they sit down, talk to each other, and move forward that they can get this thing done. But, man, it would be nice to have baseball once again. Because, you know, going through this again, I don't think people really want to hear it. And again, what do they want? You're on the owner's side or the player's side? Because I think both right now are trying to posture which side. And the owners by saying, let's get a federal mediator. I think they tried to sway public opinion in that direction. 
And the players like, no, nah, we don't really want that. We want to sit down at the table. I can respect that too. I can respect that for the players that want to sit down face-to-face, hammer out the problems. Because they tried this before back in 94, remember? Federal mediator. They ended up going on strike, and they ended up had to cancel into that season. They've tried this before, going the federal route. Didn't work out. Because whose side is they on? Federal media, on the owner's side when it all comes down to it? Or what's actually going to be at stake for the owners? But I know from people I've talked to, they can't wait for baseball. See Bobby Wood Jr., MJ Melendez, the Royals, the young Royals talent, seeing baseball every night. I don't know about you, Nolan, but it's fun every night to have baseball on TV. It's fun to listen to Josh Vergner pregame and postgame every night about the Kansas City Royals. It's like the soap opera reality TV that just does not stop. Well, no, and it's... It's a soap opera and reality that I never want to stop again. It's it's really kind of a punch in the gut that this is taking so much to get baseball to play. And if it doesn't happen and they – I really hope they at least play some games. If they ended up just completely tossing out the season, I mean, think about that. That's like That's like four or five months out of a calendar year where there's really nothing going on. I mean, what's going on during the summer for other sports? NFL, training camp, NBA, maybe there's summer league games. Who watches yeah, that? Man, I mean, but nobody. They, but they need it, man, because you didn't have the Yeah, game. they need it. They did it so bad. I mean, the baseball's so behind the eight ball. I mean, the NFL does, you know, the Super Bowl champion on Thursday night playing. They make it a big deal. Make it a, baseball doesn't. They just... Sometimes they start the season in Japan. They've started in Australia. When other teams are in spring training, it's like they don't get it. But according to John Heyman, MLB owners will meet Tuesday through Thursday in Orlando. All right, that's a nice three days, right? But will they stay without getting mad at each other? The union expectation is a new MLB offer will come soon. Presumably that happens after the owners convene. It's obviously getting late with spring training originally scheduled to start 10 days from the day. This was written yesterday, so nine days it's right at Valentine's Day. It's when pitchers and catchers are going to report. Again, I don't think it's the end-all, be-all. These pitchers are throwing. Players are working out. This is different than spring training used to be. It used to be getting there, getting in shape, doing that, enjoying spring training, but it's much different now because you're dealing with different level athletes. <laughs> Can they get back and sign Kyler Murray? <laughs> Will that be the big decision, Kyler Murray going to the A's? I thought it was interesting when Fox tweeted it out, the picture of Kyler Murray, because – he actually holds the cards. Oh, he holds all the cards, and he because he's probably actually laughing 10. about. It. Well, yeah, he's probably laughing about. It. He's like, <laughs> you know, hey, I can go either way if I want to. And he's twenty five. You have to make the decision quickly. What are you going to do? You're going to too late to do baseball. things. If they if they want it, they could run it. It's out there. I just find it interesting. I I, I miss baseball every night. I really hope it comes back, and I, I do think it will. I think that there's too much at stake. I think it's too much at stake to lose trust of the fan base. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't think fans really care, players or owners. They just want baseball. Like, I don't think they care either side. They don't care about – now, some do care about arbitration eligibility because they want to be able to hold on to players longer, which isn't the worst thing in the world that that player's with your team for a longer period of time. But you understand where the players are coming from. That You know, they'd like to hit free agency a little bit earlier than they do now. But it's interesting. We'll see which direction it goes. Back to uh, the rest of the conversation with Mike Florio. He said some interesting things about the Kansas City Chiefs, including Tyron Matthews' contract. We'll get that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. How powerful is Cox Internet? 
Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.